You're tuning in and turning on to the Inside Game with Mitch Newman. A chance to dig in and dig deep and how to move from all or nothing results, even sporadic results, to sustainable lifetime results in every aspect of your personal and professional life. Truth be told, none of us escape stuff. And what would it be like to effectively weather any season or storm that comes your way with determination, dignity, with grace, and gratitude? Knowing the truth of who you are will always carry you well across the finish line. So if you're ready to match your insides with your outsides, let's jump in. A few nights ago, my youngest daughter and I were driving in the car and she turned to me and said, Hey dad, you want to go on a dinner date tonight? My wife out of town, our oldest daughter. Now living on her own, I was not going to pass up the opportunity. I said, sure, let's go. Where do you want to go? She picked a restaurant that she was craving. We hadn't been to in a little while. And the two of us went. She made a reservation. The whole bit. It's great. We sat there. We engaged in conversation. We talked. It was relaxing. And I think she noticed somebody that was sitting there eating by themselves. She goes, oh my God, I could dad, I could never eat by myself. I could never go to a restaurant and eat by myself. And I thought about it. I said, well, actually, you know, I don't always, I, I, I don't mind it. Like, I could see myself, you know, really just kicking back and from time to time just enjoying that. And it reminded me of a time <laughs> in my life when I was uber single years ago. Um, and I remember it was a Thanksgiving and I didn't have any place to go. I wasn't invited anywhere. I just wasn't, I wasn't dating anybody at the time. I was alone. And I remember going to one of those chicken places that had turkey dinners any day of the week, but I figured, all right, I'm going to go there and I'm going to have a turkey dinner. And I went there and it was me and like maybe one or two other solo people in the whole place. And there was a part of me that liked it. And then a part of me that just was so incredibly sad being alone on Thanksgiving, just sitting there eating my turkey dinner. And I thought about it and I thought about a lot of different times in my life. When I would have those moments where I would feel alone or I would feel sad and disappointed or situations in my life that uh, w- that weren't necessarily working out where in many ways, I guess I would say I lost faith in myself. And I remember going through this grief program, this two-day program on grief. My dad had been gone for about a year or so. And I said, I turned to my wife and I said, you know, God, like I just, I'm like catching myself in the supermarket. I smell his cologne on some guy that walks by, you know, I start thinking about him. I start getting teary. Feel pretty complete with his passing. It was sudden, but I didn't feel like there was necessarily anything unresolved, but I just, I felt like there was just another piece for me to look at another place really maybe perhaps for me to go where I could just process some stuff. And I remember going doing this grief class, seminar, two days. And at one point during the seminar, there was a, a, 
a process where you would literally create a timeline from birth to current. And you draw a line across this uh, piece of paper and you put lines up above that line to indicate choice moments uh, in your life where like really cool, amazing, fantastic things happen. What the year was, how old you were. And so I remember doing all that and going across there and just highlights, the, the highlight reel of my life to date. It was pretty cool. And then the instructor said, all right, now what I want you to do is I want you to be able to draw lines down, straight down below that center line for challenges that you've had in your life, disappointments you've had in life, sadness that you had in life, things that perhaps, you know, you never quite resolved or really genuinely looked at, but that were really tough moments that you had to get through. And man, there were a lot of, (laughs) there were a lot of lines going down. With the age and the things. And I looked at it and I just kind of had a perspective of like all the really positive, exciting, uplifting things that have happened. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden the awareness of all these things that didn't necessarily pan out the way I wanted them to. And I looked at each one and I thought to myself, my God, like I just kind of like moved on from that. Like I don't have any recollection of doing any kind of a process around it. I don't have any recollection of, of of doing anything with it, just move on. You know, either I heard somebody say enough already, you know, get over it. It's been seven months, whatever the old belief systems that were fed to me or that I bought into or that I even projected about moving past something like when was enough enough without ever really doing a, a, a deep body of work. And it wasn't until I went through my own uh, process, deeper process, um, that I started to become exposed to d- different ways to be able to process the challenges, the upsets, and so forth that, that you know, happen in the course of your life. But I realized that there's some of those moments I, I never really looked at. Even when I went back to school and did a huge body of work, there were some things that just, I would like, looked at them and went, oh, wow. Like I never really, I didn't look at that before. And apparently, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer that perhaps I wasn't ready. Just wasn't something that came forward at the time. But when I did that highlight reel and the low light reel, it was very evident and very clear to me. Uh, pieces of work that had yet to be done. Places in my life where, uh, in essence, I'd lost faith in myself finding myself sitting there eating a Thanksgiving meal alone. Only recently triggered by the comment my daughter made about can't imagine eating alone in a restaurant. It's interesting at different points how we lose faith in ourselves. How we no longer trust ourselves beyond the words that come out of our mouth because we don't have a follow through that we say things like, Oh gosh, I learned my lesson this time when we hadn't even been presented and I had never been presented with the same thing happening again. Now that I had this awareness and then actually did it differently this time. So when the idea for me, 
developed in terms of the inside game as a process. <clears throat> and what I call the inside game plan. <clears throat> I started to look at it and I started to go, God, there's so many areas where I haven't been able to trust myself. That I've lost so much faith in myself beyond the words that come out of my mouth when I would go to commit to something. And I was seeing it left and right happening all around me. People all around me talking about intentions, but having no plan in place. Talking about an awareness they had about something that was needing to, that they needed to take a deeper look at inside themselves. And then they just never did. So to me, the inside game plan and coming up with something that would, that would establish a way for someone to do a body of work, to be able to work with me, to be able to work as part of a group, to be able to, to really regain that faith and that trust in, in, in oneself that it would be necessary to create it in such a way that it would be so simple that anybody could do it. Because how often in our lives do we commit to something that seems so simple at the time when we commit to it and then we don't follow through? And all that does is just keeps chipping away at that trust factor. So when I developed the inside game plan, I wanted to make sure that I would set people up to succeed, not to catch people, not to trap people, but to make it virtually impossible for one to fail at it. This is provided that the person is committed to the process. You can make it really simple, and I have. You can make it really doable, and I have. And if the person is not committed, they're just, they're going to bag it. They just are. doesn't matter what it is. They're going to avoid it again. So there is an element of readiness, of the willingness to say, I can no longer walk the streets. I can no longer rest my head on a pillow at night. I can no longer look at the people that I love and care about the most. Knowing that I'm not in integrity with my word, knowing that I'm not following through, knowing that I'm making commitments and not just disappointing other people, but disappointing myself. I'm ready for this to stop. I'm ready for what that next level will look like. I'm ready to see what better can look like in my life. So I created this process, the inside game plan, in a way that allows people to commit to things that they're willing to do a minimum number of times a week. And it's so fascinating how many people will come out and say, well, I say, well, you got to do something on the physical level. Okay, well, you know, you know what? I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm like saying, when's the last time you went to the gym? Well, it was probably two or three years ago. Okay, so maybe five days a week is, is overcommitting. Because the first week that you don't go five days, it's over. The process is done. The judgments set in. You're reproving to yourself that you can't follow through. 
So when this person said to me one day, I said, I'm going to do five days a week. I'm like, well, you haven't done five days a week in two or three years. Like, how about if you just did a minimum of once a week? Well, that's ridiculous, Mitch. Once a week. I said, well, can you absolutely do once a week? Like a thousand percent or absolutely once a week, go to the gym. Yes. Great. All I said was do it a minimum of once a week. Oh. So I can go more than once a week? Yes, you can. But what would it be like to be able to track this, to chart this and track it in a way that you'd actually have a physical representation, a visual representation of your accomplishment, knowing that you check the box that you did it once a week and on certain weeks that you did it three times a week. And on certain weeks you did it five times a week and certain weeks you did it two, but you always hit your minimum. That's the way that we restore faith in ourselves. That's the way that we rebuild the trust inside. It's through that willingness to commit to something a minimum number of times. That's what it takes. Now, the brain is funny. Not ha-ha funny. (laughs) <laughs> but the brain is funny because the brain will 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 challenge people to really overcommit and underdeliver to hold in that place of unworthiness, undeserving, a real lack of uh, and sense of accomplishment. I can't really do this. This isn't for me. That's not how I'm wired. All of these things. And that's the sabotage mode. That's the way we just click off and check out. But when we undercommit and at times overdeliver, we start setting a new pattern into place, a new behavior into place. Because people who overcommit and underdeliver, and there are times that I've done that valiantly in, the, <laughs> in my past. Those who overcommit and underdeliver don't just do it in one area of their lives. They do it everywhere. They do it everywhere. So if the process then is to, to reconfigure it in such a way where we create an absolute success, a thousand percent or that I'm going to be able to do this one thing a minimum number of times a week. That will restore faith in myself. That will build the confidence in me to know that I can do that in other areas of my life. That it isn't all or nothing. That it isn't about sporadic results or no results. That I can actually create what I've always referenced as SLR, sustainable lifetime results. Because I'm willing to commit to something, one thing on a variety of levels, And I often call it the four levels, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, that allow me to rebuild that. Now, it's not just enough from my perspective that the trust is then rebuilt to to honor one's word. But what if we could actually shift things that are going on in your life in such a way? that 
it would verify from a metric standpoint, it would verify that this process actually works. So I always believe that the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, those four, they're four spokes of a wheel that, that make you, me turn effectively in the direction we want to go in when we engage them. How do I know that, that they work? Because I've done it. How do I know that they don't work? Here's an example. What happens when you don't feel well physically? Ever notice how you entertain thoughts that perhaps aren't necessarily favorable? Sometimes downright depressing that your emotions can be way off. See, when one spoke of the wheel is not functioning properly, it, it puts too much emphasis and impact on those other spokes and they start to bend. But when all of them are engaged, and perhaps we're doing one thing on each of those levels for a period of time, four to six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, doesn't matter. But a minimum of four weeks that we're willing to do that and we can actually see it. We have a visual representation of what we committed to. And we start to see that we're actually following through. But I want to be able to measure how that's actually impacting not just how we're feeling about ourselves every day and that trust that's being rebuilt and the confidence that we now have, but what does it look like in terms of action in the world? What does it look like in terms of how we are achieving the things that we're, that are most important to us in life? So I ask people, pick three things that you would love to move the dial forward on that aren't necessarily working the way you want them to work. Maybe it's your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend or spouse. Maybe you're realizing that, that the two of you aren't necessarily communicating most effectively and that you really want to create a bridge to communicate in a better way. Maybe you're working as part of a team and you're realizing that you're not getting along with certain people on the team and there's discourse and dis-ease and disruption that's happening as a result of all of that. And you really want to create a dynamic where everybody is functioning at a higher level and that you're actually operating in a place where everybody's getting along. Maybe you're having a challenge with a parent or something else in the workplace that you'd love to see improve. Okay, great. Take those three things that are pressing on you right now where you would love to see a shift in a powerful direction forward. And let's mark it. Let's say on a scale of one to 10, one is it sucks and 10 is it's amazing. Where are you now in those three areas? And let's see in four weeks when we ask you the same question, where are you now in those areas? Have you moved the needle forward? Has that four become a five or a six or a seven or a four and a half? Or has it stayed the same? That's okay. Because after we follow through with the commitments that we make on those four levels, a minimum times number of times a week, and we're confident and we're actually embedding a new habit, a new, a new sense of ourselves and rebuilding of this trust. Now we're going to add a second thing on each of those levels, not to discount or discard the first series of things that we set out to do. No, we're layering on top of, because isn't that what life is about? Layering. And let's go through that process again another four weeks. Have we moved that dial? Has that four finally become even a four and a half? 
The key isn't getting everything to attend. The key is, is are we moving things forward? Are things improving? Because one of the things that I'll tell you is most important to understand all of this is that outer experience, this is something that I learned when I was in school, outer experience is a reflection of inner reality. And you, when you change your inner reality, when you change that inside game and you start making shifts from your inside to your outside, your outer reality changes too. Your outer reality shifts as well. Now, you may even find yourself in a scenario where there's some slight improvement if you're having challenges with, let's, let's say, within a team. There's maybe some slight improvement. Doesn't have to be, but you know what? You're not reacting to it anymore. It doesn't bother you as much as it used to. You're able to respond to it rather than react to it when it comes up. You've made a greater sense of peace within yourself and therefore able to see and find the peace in the external experience. So how do we go from a dinner date with my daughter to that? Pretty simple. Every moment is connected. Every moment is connected. And we are the common denominator in all of those moments. We make the shift. Minimum number of times. Strong inside game plan. Watch what happens to our outside world. And the way we live in it, the way we participate in it, the way we experience it. I'm Mitch Newman. We'll see you again next time. So if you enjoy this episode and like what you're hearing, I would appreciate you subscribing to this podcast and consider sharing this as well with a friend who may have an interest in fine-tuning their own inside game. Any comments, reviews, suggestions, all are welcomed and appreciated. Tagging me in your stories is also a great way to pass the word and provide me with additional confirmation that the content is landing, at least somewhere. (laughs) And if I'm missing the mark, don't hold back. I want to hear that too. So until next time, don't hesitate to dig in, go deep, and find your magic.